For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everybody to another brand new episode of It's My Wrestling Podcast, Indie Wrestling Spotlight, the brand new series where I like to shine a little bit of a light on all the really hardworking independent talent that probably aren't on your radar nearly as much as they should be. I think this is my fourth or fifth one now, I'm really enjoying doing these, and today I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing the man who stands at 6 foot 12 and weighs 15% of a metric ton. He's of course the one and only Big Trouble Ben Bishop. Ben, thank you so much for giving me your time, my friend. How, how are things? I'm doing great. You got it right. Take, usually we have to redo these intros on podcasts. People just get it wrong and they mess it up or they don't remember what, what it is. Six foot 12, 15% of a metric ton. But you hit, you hit the intro. We're already off to a good start. Exactly. Love it. Let's, let's, let's keep it rolling in the right direction. <laughs> Man, I do, I, do my, I do my research and I like, I'm sitting here. Love it. Waiting. Love it. I wait for guests to come in and I'm like, right, rinse and repeat, try it again, try it again, try it again. And I know one day I'm going to just, just like practice it too much yeah. and then just get it completely wrong. You get it completely oh, wrong. It's all right. No, you did. You, you already, you already started. Bat, you're batting a thousand already. So. <laughs> awesome. Right, man, let's get into it. Like I said, thank you so much for giving me your time. I really appreciate it. Um, I don't like to start interviews off with like the same questions, like who was your favorite wrestler growing up or anything yeah. like that. I think we, not to be disrespectful to other podcasts, but I think we know all of those answers by now. Yeah. So I wanted to go a little bit different, sort of similar, but I wanted to know as an independent wrestler, when, when, what was your like, um, your pin drop moment? When, when was it that you were like, yeah, I, this, this is what I want to do. This is what I have to do. I'm going to be a wrestler. Was there a particular match, a moment, an event, or? You know, that's, it's funny because my, my story is a little different because I, I was a basketball player growing up. I played in college. I played a little bit of Australian football. Um, and I just went randomly one day. I was in, you know, just sitting at home with a Friday, nothing to do. And I saw that there was a show going on, you know, Adrenaline Championship Wrestling. It was going on here in uh, right around Baltimore, Maryland. So I decided, hey, you know what? I got nothing else going on. Why not just check it out? Um, and I did, showed up, just kind of sat in the back, enjoyed the show. I've always been a fan of wrestling my whole life. Um, and eventually, uh, Dwayne Gill, that most people know him as Gilberg, came up yeah. to me. Um, and he asked, he's like, hey, man, you a worker? And I was like, no, I have a job. And he's like, no, that's not what I mean. I didn't know the term worker yet. Yeah. Um, and he said, he's like, oh, man, you got to be a wrestler. Let me introduce you to Jimmy. I was like, I don't know who Jimmy is. Um, I ended up being James Ellsworth. So he introduced me to James Ellsworth. Um, and since then, you know, kind of just the next day I was training, you know, off and running, helping out at shows, um, getting in the ring. Uh, and then, yeah, just since then, that was September 2009. 
scene and kind of been rolling ever since. That's pretty random, isn't it? Just like go to a show, like, hey, hey, man, are you a wrestler? No, I'm not a wrestler. Oh, okay, I'm a professional wrestler. I've wrestled for WWF, WWE. Do you want to be a wrestler? That's yeah. like, that's that's pretty um pretty out there. You don't really hear stories like that. It's normally like, oh, I went to a wrestling school. I was desperate to be a wrestler, but it literally just yeah. like fell into your lap, didn't it? Did you? Yeah, no, it kind of did. Yeah, just I wasn't. I I've always wanted to be a wrestler. I've always said like I really want to get into professional wrestling. I just didn't know how to. It's kind of hard to find ways to do it or the right people to go to. And um, you know, I wanted to link up with James Ellsworth because you know he made it to WWE. He's great, got great connections. He knows what he's talking about. Trained by Axel Rotten, um, which everybody says one of the greatest wrestling minds. Obviously, rest in peace to Axel Rotten. Um, but you know, so so that was I was like, you know what? Why not give this a shot? Um, I, it, it would have been, it would have been stupid for me not to, to at least try because people forever has always told me like, you should get into wrestling. You should get into wrestling. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't really know. Um, so I stopped playing the woulda, coulda, shoulda game. And I was just like, you know what? It, now is the time. If there's going to be any time, it's going to be now. And I can't really waste any more time with it. No, not when you've got an opportunity like that. Like, like you say, it's literally presented itself to, I mean, let's, yeah. not, let's be honest, not two of the all-time greats or anything, but still two guys who, who've got great minds for the business and especially, like, the independent wrestling side of the business as well. So, like, did you have any concerns, any, like, misgivings of, of getting into it? Or, like, well, when you took your first bump, what, what was that like? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely had my fair share of injuries in uh, in college playing basketball. Um, so I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if my body can take it and especially taking the first bump. Um, you know, I took the bump and I actually like hit my head on the mat and Ellsworth just said, well, that's not how you do it. Um, so now you know how not to do it. So, cause then I immediately like saw stars and I'm like, oh man, this isn't as forgiving as I thought it would be. Um, uh, but over time, you know, you take more bumps, you take more bumps, you build up the calluses in your mind, not just the physical calluses, the mental calluses, and you, and you just keep doing it and repetition happens and, um, it just becomes second nature. I mean, you know, we're, we're human beings aren't meant to throw themselves onto a mat voluntarily. So it's something you need to really just learn. But, you know, with an athletic background, I was able to learn it pretty quick. And the learning curve wasn't as high as other people have because uh, I know how to move my body in space. I know how to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coordinated. And I'm, some people just, you know, want to be wrestlers aren't and they don't know how to move and they don't know how to what in certain like how to hinge the hip, move, you know, throw yourself backward um and land in a safe place that you know you you're not going to hurt yourself or or hurt anybody else yeah yeah absolutely i've had i've had people on on the show just on this this new series the independent wrestling series recently who've like you you mentioned before that you were already working like you had a full-time regular job let's say like a day yeah. job so when when you started to make the transition into wrestling did you sort of just go all out was it just all wrestling or did you still have to like, is it hard to have that balance? Because I know a lot of indie wrestlers, they want <clears> to go full time, but obviously, you know, opportunities don't always yeah. come for that to happen, do they? No, I mean, right right now, unless, you know, you were a, main, you were a name in independent wrestling, uh, you, you were a name before on TV, and uh, I'm not afraid to say it, I think it's almost near impossible to make a, a living off of independent wrestling if you weren't already in the WWE or AEW or uh, Impact or whatever it may be. Um, it's very difficult. Uh, I don't, and I don't think many people can just do that solely without any other source of income. Um, fortunately, I have had my full-time job the whole time I've been a wrestler. I work remotely, um, regular hours, nine to five, no weekends. So I'm, you know, it's, it, it works out great for me. And um, they're actually really supportive of it. You know, they're really supportive of my wrestling. A couple of my coworkers have come to some events. 
Um, so yeah, no, they, you know, it's like, I can't ask for a better situation with work, um, that coincides with trying to make it in professional wrestling. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It sounds like you got really lucky. Really I lucky. do. Yeah. Very fortunate. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, have you ever, have you ever been over to the UK? Have you ever wrestled over here? I've never, you know, that's why I want to do more podcasts like this. Cause I would love to get over there. <laughs> I'd love to start traveling somewhere. Um, other than the United States have been to now, you know, in two years, I think I've wrestled now in 13, 13 or 14 States now. Um, and, but I would love to, you know, become international, take, take BTWB worldwide. Yeah. Yeah, man. And well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned WWE and AEW in there because I wanted to ask about AEW. Obviously yeah. that's a really good way of getting your name out there to other countries and to other, other people who might not have known you before. And obviously you have wrestled for AEW. You made your, yeah. um, you had your uh, against um, Bear Bronson. Bear Bronson, yeah, yeah, yeah. There on AW yeah. Dark. So, like, what was that? How first of all, how did that come about? That experience, that opportunity. Yeah. So I um, actually, basically, what happened is I ended up getting it through a few through a few people. I got in contact with QT Marshall, um, okay. sent him a few uh, matches and a resume back in April. Um, and he's definitely brutally honest, you know, he'll say like, Hey, you need to work on this, 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 and this, um, uh, definitely, you know, we could bring you in eventually for dark. Um, and I think he originally thought I was reaching out to him for like a job, you know, but I was really just like, I, I know I got work to do. Um, I'm looking to just get on dark, you know, get my name out there a little bit more. Um, so he's like, yeah, we'll get you in eventually. Um, so, you know, a couple months pass, I sent him a few more matches. Um, and then he just says, Hey, would you be able to come down for a week? So, you know, got went down there, got put up in a hotel for a week um, and uh, was there for two dark tapings and two dynamites and two uh, um, and two dark elevations. So I only uh, unfortunately I was like only got to work once. Um, and but it was a great experience. Uh, Bear Bronson is a hell of a wrestler, uh, an even better guy, great guy. And it was he made it so he made he made the experience just so worthwhile and made it and made it so that it was just you no know, it was like stress-free you know obviously you know there's a lot of anxiety it's it's as soon as you step foot in the ring you know it's like oh man it's go time you know but everything just the match it felt great you know and and he i got some great feedback afterward the coach of the match was um billy gunn you know someone i grew up watching so it was really cool to hear uh some feedback from billy obviously he's a big guy too you know he's a sneaky very big guy nobody realized how tall yes. and how big he is like yeah. in person um so he gave me you know some good feedback and um yeah you know i got to meet tony khan that was cool i talked to tony khan for you know a good like five minutes um so and he said he thought the match went really well too uh so we'll see what happens you know i it hopefully you know i get invited back uh on dark you know it's it's tough of a guy of my stature for their guys to face a guy like me because it's just that you know i'm six foot we'll say six foot 12, you know, six foot 12. I'm a damn near seven footer. Uh, not quite, but almost. And just, you know, I'm, I'm just so much bigger than everybody. And I was the biggest person in the locker room besides Billy Gunn. <laughs> He's, I'm a little taller than him, but he is a, he is a giant man. Um, and so it, it's the optics, you know, just, just saying it, the optics are tough. So, you know, just so much bigger. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens, you know, down the road and, uh, I'm just going to continue having fun with it, you know, and just yeah. see see where it takes me. Yeah, man, absolutely. Like, it's it's good to hear that you're not sort of, like, desperately trying to get back there. Like, if it happens, it happens. That's yeah, exactly. You know, like I said, I got a, I got a great uh, – I'm, I'm not somebody – I always say this, Chris, about, about wrestling. I saw it on Twitter. Another wrestler mentioned it yesterday. I couldn't have agreed more. 
um, wrestling is such an industry where there's so many ups and downs and there's so many, like when you, you have your biggest high, you know, like, Oh, I was on AEW dark. I'm like, okay. You know, I, I think I'm going to get a bunch of people reaching out now because like, Oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a tall guy. There's not many of us, you know, I'm sure I'll get a bunch of great indies reaching out. Um, and you know, it's still, you still got to put in the work of like reaching out to all these indies and you're not getting as many phone calls as you think. So you're on this high and all of a sudden, two weeks later, you like go back down to a low. Cause you're like, I'm, I'm like not getting bookings and you know, it's hard. You think, you think they'll start pouring in, but it's like, okay, I'm still having to, you know, reach out, reach out, reach out. Um, and you learn that. So there's a lot of peaks and valleys and you know, the way everyone, and I saw this on Twitter is actually, um, shout out Jordan blade. Um, who's a, who's a great wrestler in her, of herself. She's, um, uh, making a name for herself here on the East coast and, and all over the country, really. Um, she said it on Twitter someone asked her like, how do you stay sane in wrestling? And she said, you know, having a life outside of wrestling, you know, not just putting all your eggs in the basket of professional wrestling. And that's all you're known as. And that's your whole identity. Um, fortunately, you know, I have a good job. I'm a great wife, married, great friends. So I have a life outside of wrestling where I don't say like my whole life is professional wrestling. Cause if it was, I would drive myself crazy. And I'll be the first, and I'll be the first to say it. Um, because it is a business that is just, it's a crazy business and there's so it, it's, it's entertainment, right? It's, it's show business. And there's, you know, with show business, it can be, you know, your, your highest of high can be followed up the next day with the lowest of a low. So, um, you gotta, you gotta just like stay plateaued the whole time and make sure that you're not getting yourself too excited or too down on yourself. And you gotta have fun with it. You know, we all started wrestling majority of people, I don't know, maybe nowadays people just do it because they think it's a quick buck, but majority of people, um, wrestle because they loved it. They watched it growing up and they want to be part of it. Um, and we got to remember that, you know, you, I, I got to stop myself and be like, this is cool. You know, like I, like two years, two, three years ago, I would never have thought I would have been doing this. And now like I'm driving to shows and I'm on shows with, you know, some huge names, you know, guys like, you know, last week, like James Storm and Rhino and um, Ricky Morton and it just guys that like Kevin Nash was at the last show, my favorite wrestler growing up. Um, and I've met him a bunch of times and he's, he's, a, he's been so very cool to me. Um, so it's, it's like, it's just so these like cool things that I'm like, you know, I, I can't take for granted, you know, I got to just, you know, take a step back and be like, wow, you know, this is, this is cool. Right. Even as much as it pisses me off a lot, you know, it is, it definitely is cool. Yeah. I think like we're seeing a lot more wrestlers start to have like outside interests, aren't we? Even, even some of the other indie guys that I've had on, um, I had Grey Wolf Raventhorn on a few okay, yeah. and he was telling me how he's got like a, a line of hot sauce coming up yeah. soon. Like really, really random, really out there. Um, yeah. you see loads of wrestlers going on Twitch and things like that as well to have yeah. that extra sort of like vehicle. I think, I think, I think to be honest, a lot of wrestling fans could do with something like that as well. They get so wrapped up in wrestling, and wrestling is their life. And I think that's, you know, social media is a great thing, and it's also a bad thing, isn't it? It's exactly. Great for independent right. wrestlers. Obviously, it's a really good free way of getting your name out there. But obviously. Mm -hmm. With the good, you gotta, the, the biggest thing to remember, like I always use this metric in that I'm in a, I'm in like a group. So I, I, this is the example I always use with people. I'm in a group chat with 15 of my friends who are all like around the same age, give or take one or two years of me, um, all, you know, similar job statuses and every, and all that uh, coming up from similar backgrounds. So I'm using that as my sample size. I am the only one who is active on Twitter and there's only two others in the whole group that actually have one and just use it to read. So, yeah, so I tell people that all the time, like 
Twitter's not the be all end all of the whole population of the, of the world. But a lot of people like to think that Twitter's about five to 7% of the population, if that. Yeah. So, you know, people that take Twitter so incredibly serious, it's going to be your downfall because it's not the, it's, it's not the, the majority of people. It's the vast minority of people who are on Twitter putting their opinions out there. And a lot, of, and, you know, and that, that's, that's the nature of it. You know, you, you might see on Twitter like this, you know, somebody, somebody or something is so popular. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, well, they're actually in reality, they're not. It just, it's just, it's Twitter. It's just, it's Twitter. It's just, it's social media is just, it's not, it's, it's a highlight reel. You know, it's a highlight reel of people's life. It's not exactly the, the real, the real life of somebody, especially Instagram. Um, so I always say that you got to take Twitter and stuff like that and social media with a grain of salt. And that's anybody, it's not just wrestlers, that's everybody, you know, don't, it, don't, don't buy into Twitter hype and also don't let yourself get down because of maybe somebody's getting more likes than you or has 500 more followers than you. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not a perfect person. I could say I've definitely got caught up in it sometimes. And I got to tell myself, this ain't, you know, this, this is not, you don't, don't judge your own worth by what happens on social media is what I try to tell people. Unfortunately, you know, we're in the day and age where that does happen. Yeah, and it's a shame that people are going to listen. People are going to hear what you've just said if they've watched this episode, and they'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, that's really good advice." And then they'll be straight back on Twitter begging for followers. Exactly. Like, yeah, you? yeah, and it's and don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna. I, I love Twitter. It's my favorite social media platform. I I enjoy it. I I have fun. I try to have fun on it, and it's a good place to read opinions and get news. And um and I and I think everyone's opinion, you know, for the most part, matters. Um, but it's uh, again like a grain of salt that's what you gotta take it as and that's that's the only there's not there it, that because that's what twitter is you know it's yeah. it's it is that the minute part of the population yeah absolutely absolutely man i couldn't agree more i see it all day every day i really do without naming any names i know people whose entire life is dedicated to getting just just getting a, a, a big following and i'm like these people aren't following you because they want to follow you it's because you're asking them to follow you like follow trains and things like that and then people think that they're twitter famous twitter celebrities and i just sit there thinking this is so tragic there's, there's yeah exactly and it, it happens too often and it's not going anywhere so I'm, that's one thing it's like it's like traffic you know you're, it's inevitable and now this the yeah. whole the whole idea of twitter being like you know i'm famous on twitter you know, I'm, I'm social media famous. I mean, it, it is what it's, it's our reality now. That's that's how people are going to yeah. believe their own hype and, you know, and all power to them. If it works out for them, it works out for them. I'm not one to judge them, uh, but if they want to, if, if that's how they believe, if, if that's how they rank their self-worth by having more followers than somebody, um, then they, yeah, good luck. more power to them. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. <laughs> right, let's um, move away from all that like negativity side of thing. <laughs> you've mentioned so many legends already, just in this short yeah. short amount of time. You've said, um, have you said Kevin Nash, uh, guys like Ellsworth and Gilberg, uh, yeah. Ricky Morton, someone I'd love to have on the show. A big fan of of Morton, um, Shane Douglas. I know I, I saw as yeah. well on your social media at some point. I think it was. Um, you've Obviously, as you say, you've not been wrestling for particularly long. You got to mix it up yeah. with a lot of those guys quite early on. Like, this is like a who's who of, of you know, wrestling past and some of wrestling greats. Like, I think, how should I word this? Who have you sort of, like, 
taken the most away from? Would it, would it probably be would it be safe to say it's someone like Kevin Nash because you've got a similar yeah. size yeah, exactly. and style? Yeah, Kevin Nash gave me some good advice. You know, as being a big guy in wrestling, it's just much different um, than you know majority of people who aren't my height and size. Um, it's a it's a different it's a different psychology when it comes to big guys. There's everything you need to do is different. So you can be in a wrestling school and being taught how to sell and how to do certain things. But when you're a big guy, not many people can teach it unless you're a big guy or, you know, you're very knowledgeable about it. So only a select few people can teach it. Um, and that's nothing against anybody because it is hard if you're not, if you haven't been taught and I'm still learning as a big guy, how to, to learn more psychology and matches, not overselling for people and making sure everything looks as realistic as possible. Um, so, you know, he, and he, and he gave me great advice. He's, he's like, you gotta, you gotta pick and choose when you're going to, you know, take the big bumps or, you know, make the, bump, make everything you do matter. Like, don't, don't just bump for every, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry out there. Don't, don't do that. Like, cause you're just gonna, you know, you turn the dollar signs in the sense as soon as you start doing that, then everyone sees you and you're just they're like, yeah, you're just big for nothing. And you're doing all this type of stuff. And, I, I'm not, I'm not one to ever call, you know, I, I don't want to like say that anybody in particular does that, but you know, I see it and I see big guys bumping for bumping a lot for smaller guys. And it takes away from the, the aura of a big guy, you know, of, of, a, of, of a big man, a tall guy in wrestling, whatever it may be. Um, and then people are just kind of like, Oh, I'm just going to lump you in with everybody else. Cause what makes us different is our size, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the attraction when wrestling was at its height, the WWE, uh, well, then the WWF and WCW, they had 12 to 15 guys over six, seven, six, eight. Yeah. You know, so the, and, you know, nowadays we don't see it as much. Um, you know, I'm not going to do like the sour grapes and be like, why, what the hell's going on? But the, the, the evidence is there. So, <laughs> um, so people like to see bigger guys, you know, what are the most, what, what are the, boxing what are the what are the fights that always are the ones that sell the most you know besides like the mayweathers of the, of the world you know the, the, the heavyweights like the, they want to see people just want to see people who are different than them on on stage you know you don't want to go to a wrestling show and be like look at look in the ring and be like that, that i think that guy should be sitting next to me in the crowd <laughs> you know like you don't want you don't want that nobody wants that someone's paying money to see that um and then you know wrestling they're they're, they're needs to be all different types of, you know, body sizes and, and tall, short, um, athletic builds, you know, maybe guys that are more brawlers, obviously Mick Foley made a, a great living. He's a legend for what he did. And there's guys like that. And there should be guys like that. Um, but when everybody's like that, you know, that's where you get the, that's where it comes into like a, you know, that's the problem. And that might be why we're losing viewers. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, as much as like, you know, some of those guys, most of those guys are my favorite wrestlers, like your Johnny Gargano's, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, those quote-unquote smaller guys. Um, you know, I get hyped when I see, like, a larger-than-life character, someone like Omos in WWE. Yeah, exactly. He's enormous. Like, he can, he make me look short. Like I our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I was back there at SmackDown, and then I'm happy with, and they're doing great by him right now. Yeah, he yeah. looks great. They're making sure his WrestleMania match was put together perfectly. That's how a giant should be booked, you know, not. If he was, if he got in there and all of a sudden started bumping around for Woods and Kingston, it would have been like, okay, now, now he's just another guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But he, he he's not giant anymore, does he? Yeah, no, yeah, you lose, you lose it. You didn't see Andre doing it. You didn't see Nash doing it. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't see these guys do this type of stuff. Um, and I, I get it. You know, you you want to you want to be giving in wrestling, and you want to make sure you're making your opponent look good. And some guys get wrapped up in that a lot. But again, we're we want to make this look as realistic as possible. And we don't want to be bumping around. Big guys shouldn't be bumping around like crazy for every single person. Um, it just takes away. Like that's our that's our draw. You know, we the, like smaller guys have their speed and their high flying, and that's amazing. And the athleticism that they have, and big guys can be athletic too, obviously. But our draw is our height. That's what people are looking at. You know, that's what people want to see. Like, oh my God, look at this guy. Look yeah. how big he is. I don't see this guy every day. You know, like oh my, oh man. We're a circus act. We, that's what we are. <laughs> you know, we're just we're a freak show, and people are coming to see it, and they want to see something different. Yeah. Two two of the main examples that stick out for me of, of when it works and when it should happen is like yeah. uh, Rey Mysterio against the Big Show. Yeah. Or even against Batista, Rey Mysterio versus Batista as well. Like those guys didn't sell for everybody, but they sold for Rey because because it, it meant something to the story. And he was the be- and he's the best at making it make sense. He made yeah. everything he did in the in those matches. And people believe that Ray could win those matches because the way he told the story in the match and the way he, the way he built up to a bump or something like that, he, he built up to it. And then the bump meant something instead of, you know, right off the bat, there's a lockup and Ray's shoulder tackles the big show and knocks him down and be like, okay, now it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. You know? be like losing his footing a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. Yeah. Like go after the leg, go to the leg. Then all of a sudden comes from the top rope, like a big cross body, boom, take, you know, Oh my God, can he win? You know, can he do it? Or, or Big Show does something, runs into a post or messes up or something happens. And, you know, now Ray gets the – it's – there's so many ways to tell stories with the big guy and the little guy. The big guy doesn't always have to win. I'm not saying big guys need to always be winning every single match. It's not the case. Um, but, again, it, as long as it makes sense, you know, that's that's the most important. As long as the storytelling – that's like the lost art in wrestling now is that the storytelling, a lot of people don't – take that into account when putting together a match it's more about i'm gonna get this in i'm gonna get this move in i want to get this move in i want to get this move in. the last thing i'm thinking about when i'm putting together a match is when i'm gonna get my moves in like, i don't care about the move. i want to i want to figure out okay what are what's the story we're trying to tell who's the heel who's the face um wh- what are we what is exactly what are we trying to get across to the audience you know i was on a show i was on a show recently and you know there are some awesome athletes on the show and they're doing crazy moves. This wasn't, and this, this audience was not a, a typical wrestling audience. So they weren't the smart mark crowd. They weren't the crowd that's going to pop for these big, you know, awesome feats of athleticism. And these guys were doing great stuff. And I'm like, wow, but they, but the crowd wasn't popping. They weren't, they didn't know what to cheer for. 
So I went out and I don't know if you've heard of him. He's making a name for himself right now. Savage gentleman, Victor Benjamin. Um, He's been doing, he was on AEW dark recently. Um, really making a name for himself. The guy looks like a million bucks, looks like a wrestler. Um, I was singing his praises all day, but we had a match and he has the big gimmick with the peanut butter and all that. And, you know, he's, but he only eats a special kind of peanut butter because he's a body guy and doesn't eat like the Jif and the Skippy. So I just made the whole match talking about like, I'm the man of the people. I have the peanut butter. I have Jif. And I just got the whole crowd just chanting Jif. And then the whole, the whole match got him chanting Jif peanut butter. And they loved it. And we didn't do anything in the match. We did the we did the bare minimum, but we got the crowd into it and we got him interested and we told a story and he was the obvious bad guy and I was the good guy, the man of the people with the people's peanut butter and all that type of stuff. And it was easy. And and we and we didn't have to do crazy feats of athleticism to get the people to like us. We just told a little story and the people got into it for 10 minutes. And that's what is missing in wrestling. That's that type of stuff. The, the high flying, that's awesome. These guys are amazing, and there's a spot for that. However, Right now in professional wrestling, the storytelling is the lost art. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, as a fan, someone who's never even gotten the ring myself, but even just as a fan, though, I completely agree. Like some of the names I just mentioned as some of my favorites, like Johnny Gargano. Yeah, yeah. we can do it all in the ring, but I I gravitate towards people like that and Kevin Owens because of what they can do with a story. Like you, mm-hmm. their matches, you, you you've got a distinctive beginning, middle, and end. Like you can see what yeah. they're going to. Like Gar- Gargano's matches with Cole, you know, back in 2019, 2018, all those matches were great because there was a clear-cut good guy, a clear-cut bad guy, and every match, Cole's one of the best in the world. He's one of my favorites to watch. He's so he, he's so good at, like, just the facial expressions and make, getting, getting the right amount of heat on somebody, making sure the right hope spots are there. Just every, everything that he does has a purpose to it. Where, you know, and he does some of these, like, you know, the obviously the Panama Sunrise, and he does some amazing moves, but he all does it at the right time when it, mat- when it matters and it means something. And Gargano's the same way, you know, and he, and he had that clear baby face um, persona to him during those matches, and everybody knew it. Yeah. You know, look at the matches through the years that everybody loved, you know, like the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express, you know, just the, the, those type of matches where, you know, there's a clear-cut heel, there's a clear-cut baby faces, and the matches were put together and it made sense. And there was always a story being told yeah. and they, and they, you know, they sold out arenas for, you know, uh, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 seat arenas, just, just on that alone. Yes. So, you know, it, it's, it, there's something to be said for it. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that more, you know, and I'm not one to say it too much. I'm only two years in, but like I've, I've been taught by the right people, like the James Ellsworth learning from Gilbert, um, Ruckus. I don't know if you've ever um, yes. heard Ruckus, yeah, yeah. independent wrestling legend, who's a Baltimore guy. Um, I've trained with him a few times. And even though he, you know, he's known for a lot of his innovative spots that he, that he's come up with. And he's one of the greatest independent wrestlers of all time, rightfully so getting inducted into the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame this year, at GCW at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, but he's another guy that, you know, he's, when we have matches, he's like, he always wants it to make sense. He's not saying to me, like, I want to get this in. I want to get this in. I want to get this in. He doesn't, he knows, he doesn't talk about that. He's like, I, you know, you're, look at you, you know, you're different than everybody. Like, you need, we're going to protect your size. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. So, like, it's just, you know, learning from the right people, hearing the right people talk about it, the long car rides with guys like Ellsworth and just hearing him discuss, like, why this doesn't make sense, why this makes sense, why this is good, why this is bad. And, you know, that, that's all, just like I've just been a sponge, just like soaking that all in and learning the right and learning the right way. Because again, you know, I started at 29, I'm 31 now. 
uh, I don't have a lot of time. You know, I, if I'm going to make it, I want to make it in the next five years or so, but just yeah, to the next level. Uh, so, you know, I want to learn, I want to learn the right way. Um, and I want to make sure that everything I'm doing is something that can be ready for potential being on like TV or being on a mass in a mass company. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't want to be known as the indie guy that can do the indie spots and, you know, coming off doing being a seven footer doing like a 450 or something like that. Now I can't anyway, so I'm not going to ever do that. So don't think I will, but you know, I don't want to be known as that guy. I want to be known as like a big guy that knows how to tell a story, knows how to work a camera, knows how to, knows the, the way to put a match together. That's more important to me. Yeah, of course, man. And like you say, there's definitely a dying art now. Um, I meant to ask before when we were talking about your, your time in AEW um, for, for that little bit of work you did there. I don't know, was was the big show, had he already joined AEW? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was there. Um, he was real busy. He did stop and talk to me for like a, a quick second. It was cool to meet him. Um, we're pretty close to the same height, I would say. Um, many people thought he'd be like towering over me, but we're... I think he's got me by a little bit. If not, I'm a little taller than him. I don't know. Um, but a very nice guy. Really, really cool to just to just meet him. Everybody at AEW was really cool. I couldn't say one person um, was a jerk by any means. It is a really cool atmosphere back there. They do have like a family kind of atmosphere. Um, everyone just seems real laid back. And, you know, it, no one's like on edge or anything. Uh, they, so I, I really did enjoy my time there. And yeah, I was, was just thinking was, like it's a shame, obviously, you you think of big men, you you tend yeah. to think of Andre, you think of the Undertaker, Kane, Big Show there, like the names that yeah. come to mind first. It's just a shame you didn't get a chance to actually, you know, like taking any knowledge or, or work with Big yeah. Show. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. you know, hopefully, hopefully in the future, you know, I'd love to love to talk to him more. Um, but I get it. He was really busy. Uh, he was running around the whole day, but he did stop for a second and and you know talk to me for about like a minute or two. So it wasn't it wasn't much, but uh, I did appreciate. You know, he took a little bit of time. Yeah, man, of course. No, that's 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 what I always get as well from from guests who have even just had five minutes in AW. They all they all speak very very highly of like the yeah. the feeling and the atmosphere and the experience within the locker room. It does seem like a very it seems like a very honest place. So you know, like you've you've gone there, you've done five or six matches or whatever it was you did, like on Dark Elevation, Dynamite, those tapings. But it doesn't feel like they've. I feel like if you went to WWE, obviously I might be completely wrong, but I feel like if you went to WWE and did those little bits of work, they'd probably just be like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll be in touch. Whereas I think AEW, they, they come across like they'd be honest. Like, yeah, yeah, they were. Kind they, of, well, they, they all were, you know, Billy Gunn, QT, um, they're all, you know, uh, gave great constructive criticism and, um, you know, told me things I did, did right, things to work on, things to improve on. Um, you know, I did the WWE tryout in 2000, back in February. Um, they were great. Everybody there was very nice, very polite. Um, nobody was, you know, rude by any means, but it was just a, you know, Hey, do the, th do the stuff. Hey, you can, you know, maybe do this a little bit different. All right. Yeah. We'll be in touch. You know, and that was it. Like there was no, like, as soon as like the sessions were over, they would like run out of the room. So we couldn't ask them like any like type of advice. That's what it seemed like. You know, so, um, and that's fine. That's how they do things. That's how they do things. I'm not, I wasn't complaining about it, but they, it was, it was more about at AW like they actually took the time. Like Billy Gunn came up and talked to me for 10 minutes after the match and discussed, you know, this is what you need to work on. You're a big guy. So everything you do, people are going to notice more. It's like, you did well, um, but there's certain things that you need to do better. Um, and, that, and I really appreciated that. And yeah. Bear Bronson told me, you know, he's, he, after Billy Gunn talked to us, 
Bear, Bear Bronson came up to me and was just, you know, I was like, hey, you know, honestly, that was a really good um, review from Billy because he's like, a lot of times Billy will just tell everyone they suck. <laughs> so, and he's a perfectionist. So he wants everyone to be really like good. Uh, Cause obviously the time he came up in wrestling, you know, was some of the best guys he's seen in the ring. So um, he's like, you know, for him to say that wasn't bad is, is means it was, means that was like pretty, pretty freaking good. So, uh, so I did appreciate um, getting good, honest feedback from him. Yeah, man, I'd, I would take that as a positive. Like, well, he didn't, he didn't say that I was terrible. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, yeah, it was all right. It was good. It was, it was solid. So I'm like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take that. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, I wanted to ask uh, another thing that I noticed. Um, your your relationship, your like partnership, your your manager, um. Brandon Walker of uh, yeah. Barstool Sports. Like, how did how did that come about? Because Barstool Sports, it's, it's not a. It's funny because it's not a real like uh, in depth story. Uh, it was just oh, on Twitter you. one day. I was just on, it, literally on Twitter, and um, I guess on radio somebody quoted him saying, "You know, Big Cat asked him, you know, if you were to do anything else besides work here, what would you want to do? Like, what was your dream job?" And you know, he said, "I always wanted to be a professional wrestler or a professional wrestling manager." Um, so I just replied to him, like, you can manage me. And he said, just go on. And I just explained (laughs) to him and I talked to him and then he said, all right, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, we started doing some stuff. He invited me up to HQ a few times and that was really, that was really cool. Um, I grew up a Barstool fan. I'm I'm from the Northeast. So I'm from Rhode Island. Um, we're obviously Barstool starting in Boston, Mass. So I've always, followed barstool um you know from the beginning the early days then when they got acquired um you know just always have been a fan of it uh so it was pretty surreal going up there and you know meeting some of the guys being on the radio being on the being on a podcast um we got to do the ovw thing together uh brandon's been great you know brandon's really busy um i I talked to him recently we're going to start some stuff back up in 2022 college football obviously takes precedent over wrestling um, especially at Barstool. So he needs to, you know, take the time to do that. And that's okay. Um, and I, you know, I, I told him, Hey, the ball's in your court. You know, if you want to do more, I'd love to. Um, and he's, he's looking to, you know, he really wants to get back into it once the new year starts. So, um, so definitely, you know, be on the lookout. We will definitely be linking up again and, um, we'll hopefully we can do a couple more things, uh, starting in the new year. Yeah, man, that's really cool. Like, like you say, they're, they're an established, such like a well-known, brand or platform very, yeah very much so yeah to have yeah. that in your back pocket it might not happen but it, it you know to, to have that as something that you could maybe pull out just randomly one day that's that's pretty cool yeah 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 and so you so that that you know that can really help because they got a, they got such a large following and and brand's doing a great job trying to spotlight AEW and and wwe um, a little bit more so you know it, it, it only can be a positive linking up with them i, I don't see any negatives yeah. uh especially with wrestling so i you know i well, hopefully, you know, we can do more. And um, if not, it was a great experience, but I think there's more on the horizon. Awesome. I know we'll keep an eye out for that. I really will. I'll keep an eye out for that. Definitely. Everybody should. Um, big fan of Barstool. I'm not a big fan of like college football and things like that. It's hard to keep track of things like that in the UK. It's not. I bet, yeah, I, I have a hard time. I'm, I didn't grow up a, a college football fan just because we didn't really have a team in the Northeast. Um, you know, we it's mostly professional sports around here that people care about. So um but, you know, I'm actually moving to Atlanta in uh, March and, you know, I guess I got to be a Georgia Bulldogs fan now. So, I, <laughs> and then you know, it just so happens they're the best team in the country this year, I guess, which I've heard. So it uh, looks like I'm just jump on the bandwagon when it's hot. <laughs> no idea. 
No one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, you know, I mean, I really don't either. I just heard that they're the best team. Everyone's like, "Yeah, I think they're just gonna win." I'm like, "All right, well, I'm a fan now." When you said Baltimore earlier, I was like, "Ah, the Baltimore Ravens," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah. great. I know. I know American sports now. Yeah. That's, it. that's it. New England Patriots. Like, I know that's my team. Oh yeah, I'm all Boston sports. I'm a big Boston sports fan. Oh uh, yeah, I literally I know names. I know like the, a few athletes' names, but it's not. It's just not a big deal over here. Like for us, it's football or soccer. Whatever you prefer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, that's it, really. Yeah, rugby. Are you are you a a soccer fan? Oh, big time. Yeah. It's oh, like okay. Soccer and and wrestling are like neck and neck. Okay. I don't like I don't like to assume because I have met a few individuals from England who, who said like you know everyone thinks I'm a soccer fan but I'm not. Um, who's your team? Uh, so my team, not a lot of people would have heard of Coventry. Coventry City. I've heard of them. I used to play oh, the video yeah. game all the time. So I know, I know, I definitely know all of them. Yeah, yeah I've heard yeah, of them. I, I couldn't tell you a player, but I know, I know of them. <laughs> we were, um, we were one of the the founding members of the Premier League. So yeah. you know, back then we were a pretty not a big deal, but sort of a big deal. Um, yeah. We've won the FA Cup. We're in the okay. division now, so we're still we we we're, we're one of those teams that's never going to make waves, you know. But I think yeah. fans, the fans are fine with that, like. If we get a little bit of success, it's like, yeah, great, great, yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's great though. You're a fan of of, of a of a team like that, and you're not just jumping on the, the main yeah, the local the, team, the Liverpool yeah, or the Arsenal bandwagon. Yeah, it's where I was born and bred. I know. I, I became a big fan of soccer I, when I went. To, I went to a prep school. I went to Worcester Academy, and I became a huge fan because we had a really good soccer team and a lot of guys from a couple of guys from England, a couple of guys from overseas, and you know, whenever whenever I'd be in like the common area, you know, because I was a bo- I was boarding. Um, when I was in the common era, they'd always have soccer on. And um, I did because I hate to say it, but I became a fan of Man U uh, because I really always liked playing the I always liked playing. I know, I know. I, <laughs> I get that all the time uh, because I always loved playing FIFA and I loved Wayne Rooney. So I always played as him. And I wanted to, and I saw him like, who does he play for? Because I oh, I started playing the, the FIFA or the one that was only the World Cup edition. So I always played as England. I just oh, liked yeah. England. So I, I was like, who does this guy play for? He's the best. And um, and they said, man, you, so I'm like, I guess I like them. And that was the year, like 2008, when, you know, they had all the guys like Ronaldo and um, yeah. go down, go down the line of every, every single guy they had uh, Carrick. And um, so, yeah, no, I, that was, that was my favorite team. I don't, I don't keep up with it as much as I, I used to, but I used to really be all in on man, you. Well, at least you're honest. At least you're honest about like, why you're not pretending to be like a diehard Man United fan, like no, he, no, I can't, I can't say that. I was diehard for about a year or two, yeah, and then I think they won that year. I think they beat Chelsea in the uh, Champions League. I think that was the year when yeah. that was that the year when John Terry slipped. Yes, to- yes. John Terry missed the yeah, yeah. Like, oh man, two thousand. Yeah, <laughs> was it? He missed the PK. Was that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slipped, was, slipped yeah. because it was a slightly wet pitch and it just flew off. Yeah, that was like, that was the year. Yeah. Uh, I can't even think what year that was now. Man, you know I, what? Think was, I think it was 07. I think it was 06, 07, I think. I was going to say 08. I don't know why. 08. Either when, that. It was 07 or 08. Around there. Yeah. I Man, remember it's, it's, watching. i tell you what. It's nice to speak to an American about UK sports, like British sports. It's, it's very rare that I get to do <laughs> yeah. that. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, I know. I'm pretty dumb. No, you got it. No worries. Anytime I get to talk about football or soccer, on this pretty well. I'm pretty well rounded, as you learn, Chris. I, 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 I know a little. I know a little about a lot. Not a lot about a little. We'll say that. Jack of all trades. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome, man. Right, um, I want to end with the same question that I ask everybody. Um, first of all, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I've had a genuine, just a good time talking to you, man. You're very easy to talk to, very easy to just shoot the breeze and have a bit of a laugh with. So I really appreciate you giving me your time today first of all um and as i say i like to end on the same it's a segment that i do every single time on this indie wrestling spotlight called putting yourself over so i want to give you a few minutes basically just to tell us why we should be fans of ben bishop what you've got coming up especially coming up in the new year going into 2022 now that everything's sort of getting back to normal a bit post covid and post pandemic and post lockdown so just sell yourself man to any viewers any listeners that might not know you Best way for me to sell myself, and it's hard, Chris, because I'm not standing up. I'm just in this tiny little, like, three-by-three three screen right here. But listen, folks, if you're a fan of wrestling, especially 80s and 90s wrestling, if you ever watch wrestling and you ever said, look at these guys larger than life, whether it be personality, whether it be size, then you come to the right place. Old BT, double B, earthquake, and pillar shaking leader of the Me Pop Express, the man who stands at six foot 12 and weighs in at 15% of a metric ton. The dude with the shades, I don't have them on me, but the sun has never set on a cool guy, and it sure as hell has never set on me. And the guy, I ain't corporate, but I'm always all about the business. Coming up, bunch of shows coming up i got a ton of shows martinsburg west virginia with voltage wrestling uh pwx mckeesport i am actually wrestling and i haven't announced it yet but i will be wrestling the mlw champion alex hammerstone on that show um in mckeesport december 11th really excited about that um follow adrenaline championship wrestling it is my home fed we can call it that out of maryland it is, uh, we got some great talent there and I will be, I'm on all those shows and we're running out of Hagerstown, Hanover, um, Pasadena, Maryland, and you don't want to miss it. Believe me, folks, I know it, you know it, everyone knows it. We want to bring res, we want to make big guys great again in wrestling and that's what I'm here for. And I'm going to make big men great again in wrestling and you're going to believe that. If you're not going to believe it, you better just deal with it because it's going to happen. So you better get ready to get ready because here comes trouble. Very nice, man. Very nice. I, I've definitely bought in 100%. You should make that your bio, by the way. Make big guys great again. Yeah, right. That's a great tagline. That's a great motto. Yeah. That's, I think I might. I think I might. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Ben, like I said, man, like I said, and I've said it, and I've said it again, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Big fan. I hope there are big, big things on the horizon for you. You've got loads of really cool stuff coming up soon. I'm looking forward to it. I hope everybody who has watched this and listened to this is looking forward to it as well. Guys, thank you for doing that. You know where to find me. Please hit the subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube. Please hit the follow button if you are listening to this on any audio platforms. And I will hope to see you next time on the It's My Wrestling Podcast Indie Wrestling Spotlight. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.